Hi, friend. Welcome to Open at the Top. I'm your host, Melanie McCulley. I believe that regardless of what your past looks like, we each have the opportunity to begin again in every moment. I've learned that when we choose love first, the possibilities waiting on the other side of our fear are infinite. Each week, I'll share my own wild and unedited stories of what radical change and transformation can look like, along with having the raw, deeper conversations with inspirational, game-changing guests. My intention is to inspire you and guide you into your next phase of becoming the unique, beautiful version of you that you were always meant to be, and to lovingly remind you that we each have the power to turn our pain into a purpose-driven life filled with joy and meaning. That unfolding journey begins now. All it takes is the willingness to remain open at the top. Let's dive in. And welcome back to episode four. I'm so happy that you're here with me once again, continuing on with a few of these solo casts that I felt and feel really moved to continue to share just for my own story so that we can have a better understanding of where I come from, why I do what I do, why I speak the way I speak, and why I'm so moved to do the work that I am called to do in this world. So welcome back. And the name of this episode is My Life After Life Awakening. And, you know, I put thought into what I'm going to speak about each episode, and I was going to roll right into what my life looked like right after I got out of drug rehab when I was 17. And I'm going to do that, but that's going to be episode five, because something really profound happened while I was unconscious when I had my accident, my overdose, that I was trying to see where I could fit that in to talk about that. And I just need to speak about it now because it's the only way that I can position a few things. But before I go into that, I want to touch base on what I spoke about last week, which was the post-traumatic wisdom. And so part of that wisdom that you can acquire through doing the work, having support, learning how to move through these areas of ourselves is also to learn how to ask for help, know when you need support, know when it's time for self-care. And I want to speak to that briefly because moving through this process of recording these episodes, which have been wanting to be expressed for so many years, a lot has been coming up for me. And I've noticed that after I record them, I feel very, um, I feel energetically uh, tired because it takes a lot of courage and bravery for me to do this and to record these and to make sure that I'm delivering things in a way that is useful and has value. Um, but also honoring how I need to show up and how I need to be honest and speak. And so I've noticed that I I have a lot of stuff coming up. And I say this because I'm so grateful that through all the years of me doing the work, I know how to ask for help. I know how to ask for support. I've reached out to a few of my homies who are really amazing ministers and practitioners and asked for prayer support. Um, I've reached out to my really close girlfriend, Jenna, who's a hypnotherapist. We're going to work on a few things with me there. I reached out to this amazing woman named Jamie Michael, who does Reiki and also does healing for animals. 
And she helped me through the transition of my kitty a couple years ago. And so I reached out to her yesterday and we're going to do some energy Reiki healing in her crystal room and meditation garden in a couple of weeks. So I'm setting myself up for support. I'm setting myself up to go deeper so that I can continue to be an open, clear channel for this message to come through me. And simultaneously, I'm taking care of myself and making sure that I have what I need to be taken care of. And so I say that because whatever process you're in, just know that there's so much love and support there. And when you learn those tools, when you learn how to ask for help, ask for support, I'm still working with my spiritual practitioner, Amy. She's who I first started working with uh, 12 years ago. And depending on what I'm going through, ebb and flow in my life, whenever I'm feeling like I really need a lot of support around self-love, I start working with her again. And so I've been working with her twice a month for the last six months. And, you know, anyone who I know who is really doing the work, showing up in the world, making moves, making differences, being authentic, sharing their message, they are working with someone, whether it be a coach, a mentor, a therapist, a spiritual healer, whatever it is. And I know that that is available to me. And I say that because it is also available to you. And that is the work that I do with folks. I work on more of a spiritual counseling level, one-on-one. I will be launching uh, some groups and online programs after the fall. But I just say that because in the midst of me doing this work, I'm also using that wisdom from what I've known and what I know now to really support myself, to take care of myself, to you know, I'm making myself extra tea and I'm taking walks every day and, you know, reading things that lift me up. I'm journaling. These are things, and you know, meditation, like these are things that I'm doing for myself to feed myself in the midst of me showing up in all these ways. So I hope that lands with you. And that was that little nugget that I wanted to share with you there. So, and here I am, and we are going to go into one of the most profound things that I've ever experienced and come to find out Thousands and thousands, maybe even more than that, uh, of other people on this planet have also experienced. And so before I go into what my life was like after drug treatment, which was basically me becoming a stripper, and my next episode is based all around my experience of starting to be in that world at the very young age of 17. I didn't waste any time in my life. Everything was bing, bang, boom. Everything happened quickly. And yes, I started dancing underage in Tampa in the late 90s when that was that whole movie Magic Mike. That was around that time where it was um, very prevalent and they were everywhere. And most people, at least in my little world and in my age group, at night after your regular day job, you either bartended or you worked in a strip club. And it wasn't weird. It was kind of normal in 1995 in Tampa, Florida. And anyone listening to this who shared time with me back then or knew Tampa back in the 90s, I mean, there were strip clubs on every corner. And I worked at one that was very popular. But I'm going to get into that whole juicy story next week. So life, my life after life awakening. What does that mean? At first, I was going to just explain it as... Uh, a near-death experience, because I definitely had that when I overdosed on a lethal combination of drugs. Yes, that happened, but something else was happening too. And something that comes back to the way I was raised 
It debunked all of it. It literally rewrote how I'd ever believed, what I was taught to believe, and made me believe something different, which was the truth. My truth, the truth. And that was when that period of time that I was unconscious, that I was not breathing, and there were a a few different episodes where I was not breathing. And that is why they had to work on me quickly right there on the ambulance at that person's house and then continue working on me, uh, you know, at, at the emergency room and ICU and all that. So there was this chunk of time where, yes, I don't remember Melanie right here. Flesh and blood doesn't remember. I was unconscious. But there was something else happening. And what I'm about ready to tell you is something that I kept secret for years. You know, this was 1995. I was basically fresh out of a very extreme belief religion that teaches very specific ways of of belief. And I didn't have any other ways of believing or, or awareness. And at that point, I was so angry all around at everything and everyone. And I was especially angry at God, at least the God of my understanding at that time, because I felt like I had been neglected, that I was not good enough, that if there really was a God, he would have never let happen to my family happen. You know, the absolute deconstruction of my family all in the name of God. There were all these things that I knew for sure that if there was a God, I wasn't down with him. And at that point, my understanding of God was still an outside entity that was far away from me and that was basically always pissed off and judgmental about everything, every thought I had, every action I had. And if I didn't do things perfectly in alignment with the way that the Jehovah's Witness structured translation of their Bible went, then you were basically going to die. It was a very black and white, you're in or you're out, you're loved, you're not loved, conditional way of believing and living and just knowing. And that those were the only tools I had. And so with that, I was very angry, very confused. So when this experience happened to me, it was scary as shit, which is why I kept it secret. And also because I didn't think anyone would believe me. Remember, this is 1995. So I couldn't like Google it. I couldn't go, you know, on the internet and research it. And I certainly was not involved in an, uh, a community of people that had these type of conversations. And that was... This, this is the only way that I know how to explain it, which is exactly what I remember. And so I remember being at that party. I remember going up to someone and telling them that I needed to sit down and I needed to take a nap because I had to go home soon and basically act like I hadn't been doing drugs all night long. And I'd known that I had just done something that I shouldn't have mixed. And so that was the last thing I remember until it was the next day that I started to wake up. And that's when I was, you know, hooked up to all these IVs and they had pumped my stomach and all that. So that was like far after the actual experience. In between what was happening was I was no longer Melanie. I remember there being this bright, glowing, white, beautiful, shimmering light. And it was illuminated up and before me, like up before it makes me get a little emotional and I was being pulled towards it. And there were what 
I used to say what I what I remembered was like birds. There were like these like flowing, beautiful what I thought at the time were birds and what I what I believe they that is now are my spirit guides, angelic beings, and all of the beautiful uh energies that exist on the other side of this veil. And it was guiding me peacefully and beautifully to this light. And it was a kind of like a tunnel. And my name wasn't Melanie. I had no pain, no physical pain, no recollection of ever feeling hurt or harmed or endangered or neglected or any of those human feelings that we all know and feel and experience throughout our our life here. And I was in such a place of absolute beauty and freedom and joy. And I was leaving my body. And then as I was feeling this welcoming pull. There were some other things that started to happen simultaneously. I started to hear some very loud voices. They actually weren't loud. They were like fading in. And it was, what is your name? And then I started hearing like beeping noises and, you know, commotion. And then I began to feel that light and that pull begin to to dim out and fade out. And I very soon after that became aware that I was being worked on by numerous people in the hospital. And I also began to feel physical pain throughout my body and the poking and the prodding and pumping my stomach. And, you know, I had IVs in my arms and my legs and just, it was crazy. They had cut my clothes off of me and you know, because I didn't have an ID on me, they didn't know my name. And I didn't know my name either. I had just come from a place of pure awareness, but the awareness of nothing but light and joy and love and freedom, knowing that all is well and that there's nothing to worry about and there's nothing to be afraid of. Nothing. And so now I'm back in the physical body. Like, what just happened? And so you know, my mind at that time, 17 years old, only knowing what I knew. Well, that was obviously drug induced. That couldn't have really happened because what I was raised to believe in the Jehovah's Witness religion is that we don't have a soul. There is no spirit that lives within us. There is no life after life. Once you die, this meat suit that we're we're going around in literally goes back to dust and that's it. And so this is it. There's nothing else. And there is no soul. So obviously, I wasn't telling anybody about what had just happened because I was very confused. And I was also very confused at what I had been raised to believe my entire life. And then something absolute opposite had I had just experienced. And who was I going to talk to about it? No one. So I kept that secret until I was in my 20s. And I had met a wonderful woman named Lauren, and she is still a huge part of my life. And uh, I would privately talk with her about that experience. And she would help me start understanding what that was and that we do have assigned spirit guides and angels that look over us. And that we have come here 
with a purpose, that our life was set out for us before we were ever born into the womb that we were born from, and that there is nothing to be afraid of, that my pure essence, who I really am, beyond the masks of Melanie, the manicurist, the spiritual therapist, the drug addict, the stripper, the ex-Jehovah's Witness, you know, all the, the, the identities that I have taken on in this human form, when all of that is put aside and this fleshly body is gone, who am I really? And what I know is that I can never be hurt, harmed, endangered fully because the truth and the essence of who I am is pure light, pure freedom, pure joy, and that there is life after life. And I remember once I began to understand that other people from all over the planet who I don't know, who don't know each other, have had these exact same experiences. Some with some some little differences. I've worked with mediums and I've worked with people who who specialize in um, helping people work through making sense of these kind of experiences. And I didn't actually cross over but I was definitely on, on my way. (laughs) And you know what? That is some pretty, pretty cool stuff because it makes me more aware more than ever that we get to trust ourselves with what we feel is our own truth about who and what God is the terminology that I choose to call it, spirit, universe, joy, beauty, love, Jehovah, you know, they're all nicknames for the infinite love, the infinite creativity, the infinite omnipresent beauty that we all are created from. And I know that I might have just lost some of you on that because believe you me, this is not how I have always believed, what I've always thought. I have been in a place of an experimentation and going to different churches and religions and and spiritual centers for so long. And it's only been up until the last 12 years, 10, 12 years, that I really started to make sense of all the things that had happened to me, like I talked about last week, connecting the dots, seeing where those breadcrumbs, that foundation had started to be laid out for me to understand why I am where I am now and why I do the work with others that I do and to know that all of it all of it makes sense all of it was necessary in a, in a sense and I, I was never really okay with hearing that before that the things that I've experienced and the things I've gone through were necessary I'm not going to devalue the fact that we go through things I go through things I have gone through things that are very hurtful and um damaging confusing life altering and detrimental in a lot of ways, but I'm able to look back at them now and utilize them in a way where I'm like, aha, okay, those were those messengers of truth. Those were those periods of time where if I'm willing to step away from the pain and to look through at what was really happening, I wasn't able to then to really listen to myself. I wasn't able to then really dive into those parts of myself that I wanted so badly to be seen and heard and understand. And now I have different tools. I can sit in meditation and allow myself to listen to guidance from spirit. I'm able to go into nature and connect 
with all of the beauty that is around me and to see more clearly that we are always being fed messages, that we are always being downloaded with the answers. They're always right there. It's whether or not we're listening and paying attention. And that is a really important, very important way of understanding life and knowing that we're always being guided, we're always being directed, we're always being supported, we're always funded, fueled, supplied for in in ways that we can't see sometimes with the human eye. But everything that we need is always coming for us, being provided for us. And it's and it's something that I, I have to do the work around still sometimes because I get in scarcity thinking. I feel like I'm a victim sometimes. I feel sorry for myself. Why did this happen to me? Why don't I have this kind of family? Why couldn't I have gone to college and had this experience? Why did I have to have this? Blah, blah, blah. Believe me, I go down that rabbit hole, you know? I do. But I also know that I can come back to the truth. The truth with a capital T in my world now. And that is knowing that I'm always loved, supported, guided, and funded. Because even after this experience of Melanie McCulley, the human being, there is a whole nother realm of beauty, love, joy, and peace that is welcoming me. You, our ancestors, are there waiting for us. There's so much more than this. There's so much more than this experience right here. I cannot believe I just shared all of that. And it's fucking great. Thank you for listening. Thank you for allowing me to share my heart. It's truly a part of my life that only a very small portion know about because I could never have this conversation with my family or with those that I was in that organization with because I sound like a crazy person. But I know that it happened because it happened. And I know that it has happened to countless others. And it has brought me hope and strength and faith in knowing that there is more than this and that it's not over when it's over. And it also allows me to know that while I am here as Melanie Marie McCulley, I have been given another opportunity, a second opportunity to make the best out of this life that I get to show up as, as me. And so do you. Regardless of our stories, regardless of what we think other people think of us, or even regardless of what we think of ourselves, we are so much more than this. And I had a a friend that I dated a long time ago. Well, obviously he was a boyfriend, but he's a friend now. And he told me something that has echoed with me throughout my entire life. I dated him briefly when I was, I think, 20. And he said, this is not a dress rehearsal. Our life is not a dress rehearsal. This is our time to show up. This is our time to speak. This is our time to do all the things that our heart is calling us to do, to create, to share. That's a very powerful statement. And so if there's an area of your life, who you are, where you're at, that there's something calling to you that you're wanting to do, be, have, share, create, travel, any of those things, do it. Go for it. Find the people around you that will support you in that journey. And so with that, I'm going to end here. I love you all so much. Thank you for being with me through this. And I would love to hear any of your feedback, if you've ever experienced anything like this yourself. For those who 
are deconstructing old belief systems from prior religions, I really ask that, you know, you reach out to me. I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to hear your experience. You can email me at hello at melaniemcculley.com or you can DM me on Instagram, which is just my name, Melanie McCulley. You know, let's continue this conversation. And I look forward to being with you next week for Magic Mel and how I found God in the strip club. All right, I'm signing off. Bye for now. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Open at the Top. If you totally dug what you heard today and you found it to be valuable, please share this with a friend. And of course, if you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions for me or comments, any topic ideas, or if you might even want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at melaniemcully.com. And please don't forget to connect with me on social media. It's at Melanie McCulley on both Instagram and Facebook. Until next time.